0: Now, Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio brings you prescribed listening from our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association.
1: Welcome back. Uh, We turn now to our trusted contributors from the OPA and pharmacist John Papasturgio. And with so many vitamins and supplements on the market today, it's difficult to know what you need and which ones can help alleviate certain supplement, symptoms. It's important to know which supplements interfere with other medications that you're taking as well. And are there side effects associated with certain vitamins and supplements? I'm going to give the numbers out because I'm sure a lot of people have questions about this should have questions about it. And, uh, of course, John is here to take any of your other calls and questions. The numbers, 416-360-0740, toll-free 866 740 And, John, this is one of my pet peeves because there's often an assumption that something is safe and something is actually better because the bottle says it's natural.
2: Absolutely. That's a, a very common assumption. And, you know, I see it with my patients all the time. There's this idea it's over-the-counter, you don't need a prescription, it's herbal or homeopathic, so, you know, it must be okay to use. And the reality is uh, many of those products, they can interact with your prescription medications, and we have evidence to suggest that. Uh, they can impact, uh, uh, you know, your overall therapy. But, you know, on the other hand, they may be valuable in certain ways, too. So uh, really having a good understanding of why you want to take something, how to take it, what's the appropriate dose, and looping in your pharmacist to make sure it fits into your, the rest of your regimen.
1: Well, that's right. And it's, uh, it can interfere with prescription medications, but it can also interfere with over-the-counter.
2: Absolutely. So it's Something as simple as, say, a multivitamin, right? Say you're taking a thyroid supplement. Um, you may think, ah, oh, that's fine. We could take If you're taking the thyroid supplement at the same time as your multivitamin, those two combine together and it actually impacts how, how well the thyroid supplement is absorbed and then ultimately how well that medication will work. So that's just a very simple example of how just taking two medications together could, you know, could cause a problem.
1: Um, What are some of the other common uh, interactions that that people might not think about? Yeah, I
2: mean, there's many with iron. People take over-the-counter iron supplements. Iron's a binding agent as well, so it can bind with many, uh, many different medications. In other situations, we have examples where... You know, a herbal product can make the effect of a, a prescription drug uh, more intense. For example, some of the antidepressants. I know patients are on antidepressants very, very commonly, and they take something like St. John's Wort over oh, the counter. I was counter. going to ask. Yeah, and they think, ah, oh, that's, you know, it's safe, it's over the counter. But the reality is, as you start to compound these uh, medications together, you can, you put yourself at risk for something called serotonin syndrome, right? So... Um, It's uh, amplifying the effect of, uh, you know, both medications uh, being taken at the same time. So, I mean, things like that you have to consider and you have to really, you know, consult with your pharmacist.
1: I I think uh, St. John's wort
2: is one of the tricky ones, isn't it? Absolutely. It's tricky because it does have a therapeutic benefit. It actually works, and there's some evidence to suggest it works. It may help with really, you know, mild to, to moderate kind of depression symptoms. But people think, hey, it's safe to just tack it on to what I'm already taking. And that that could be a big mistake.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, am I? Oh no, I'm mixing it up with evening primrose. Okay. Evening
2: primrose. So there's another one, valerian root, something else. People will take that for sleep, right? And it helps, uh, you know, regulate their sleep cycle, help them sleep. But if you're also already taking over, uh, you know, prescription sleep medications, you got to be a little bit cautious with that as well.
1: Okay. What about um, vitamin C? Can't mm. that interfere with a lot of? Uh, Medications.
2: So, vitamin C is probably one of the most common uh, over-the-counter, you know, products. I get questions about. There's this old idea, and it started back uh, uh, from the chemist Linus Pauling said vitamin C, like, will help cure the common cold and all this. The reality is, you need to take super large doses of vitamin C to get that antioxidant effect and that immunostimulant effect. So, at the doses that you see generally uh, over-the-counter. It's not going to have a huge impact. Uh, uh, It's safe to take, and there's nothing wrong with it. But the reality is you're probably not getting a massive benefit if you're taking vitamin C.
1: Okay. uh, Let's take a call from Jim in Brampton. Hi, Jim. Hello? Hey, Jim. Hello?
2: There's –
1: hello? Hello? We lost Jim. Okay, we lost Jim, um, uh, and I, I heard a strange beep, so I'm just alerting our technical people to make sure that the phones are okay. I'm going to give the numbers out again, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740, uh, and I'm here with pharmacist John Papasturgio, and we are talking about interactions between vitamins and supplements and also with prescription drugs and over-the-counter drugs. And we were talking a bit about vitamin C. Now, I have to tell you that um, when I was on chemotherapy... Uh, I really worried because I nearly took a bunch of vitamin C on somebody's advice. And then later I read that it can totally interfere with chemo. Absolutely. You've got to rem- remember vitamin C is an acid, right? So it,
2: it could change the pH of uh, your stomach, your intestines, and that could impact the absorption of other medications because we know certain medications n- need a certain environment to be absorbed well in. So that's another concern. If you're taking, you know, large amounts of these things and you're on other medications, we don't want to impact the absorption of the, the prescription drugs that may be get, giving you a, a better benefit.
1: Okay. I think we have Jim in Brampton back. Hi,
3: Jim. Hi. How are you? Good morning. I'm very good. I have, uh, I have a couple of problems. and uh, I have uh, been taking supplements for quite some time, and I've always asked my pharmacist, what was the interaction with my present medication that I'm taking for my heart problem? And uh, it's it's a very convoluted uh, uh, explanation I get. Uh, the compound that I switch to, well, but uh, the supplements I'm taking, and I never get a clear answer on that.
1: What supplements what? are you taking?
3: Well, I'm taking magnesium. I'm taking vitamin D i'm taking uh i'm taking q ten i'm taking b b one hundred complex and i'm taking uh, uh extra strength ke oil for uh, omega three
2: okay so what what uh, prescription drugs are you on
3: i'm on Plavax, uh, just hold on I get the list here <laughs> i'm on Plavax, i'm on uh, uh uh, I am on Lipitor and uh, I think just let me get the package here I, I think I've I think think I got a pretty good idea it, so it seems yeah. like
2: you're on a, you know, a cardiovascular uh, yeah. regimen there did you have a heart I can attack? Give, or I have stem? all
3: the names here now for the medication
2: yeah, so, I mean, what, what, you know, what I see there, it, it seems like you're okay. My concern would be if you're taking everything together, particularly in the morning, you may affect absorption of some of those uh, prescription medications, so I'd advise you to separate them if you could. Maybe Well, take, what I
3: get, I get a bubble pack on a three-month supply. Good, okay. So they're putting, and they have it set up, there's three medications taken in the morning good. and two at night.
2: Yeah, good. So the pharmacist is setting you up with a, a blister pack there, which yeah. is probably yeah. uh, he's he, he or she is probably separating them for you. The yeah. reality is you're okay there. What I would be concerned of, especially with some of the cardiovascular regimens, just be weary of the amount of calcium you're taking because we know that calcium could affect some of those medications. It doesn't seem like you're on any of them. But based yeah. on what you told me, I think you're okay. You're okay to continue yeah, but with that uh, regimen. Can
3: I add another thing? <laughs> I yeah. seem to be, have a lot of problems. I've just developed celiac disease. Okay. And that's been a headache because I've, I'm on a gluten-free diet. Sure. And there's an interaction with that, with all the rest of the things I, I have a problem with, you know?
2: Yeah, I mean, it, the gluten-free diet itself shouldn't impact... Uh, uh, anything but the the, the you know, regimen you're on, particularly all those vitamin vitamins, they could f- flare up your celiac-type ty- sy- symptoms. That's a reality.
1: Are there um, any binders in the vitamins there that have are. gluten?
2: Absolutely, there are. So some of the manufacturers now, they, they manufacture without gluten and uh, – Depending on which products you have, the pharmacist could look that up for you. I mean, it just depends from manufacturer to manufacturer. But some of them uh, don't, right? So they they may have gluten products in them, and you have to be aware of that. And that that would be my only concern, uh, risking a flare in your situation.
3: Yeah. Can I ask the question there?
1: Okay, one more. We've got to take a break. (laughs)
3: Libby, what what do you mean by binders?
2: But, binder so they you know the the medication itself isn't made up only of the active ingredient that that tablet is held together by different things uh, most of the time it's just lactose but it could be other other agents as well and sometimes there's gluten products in there and uh, you know we call those the non-medicinal ingredients so if we have a concern in celiac disease we look them up to make sure the the manufacturer you're using uh, is gluten free and uh, the pharmacist could do that for
0: you You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio.
1: Welcome back. I am here with our trusted contributor, John Papasturgio from the Ontario Pharmacists Association. Our topic today uh, is vitamins and supplements and the thing, things that they may interact with. Sorry, I'm having a little trouble talking today. We're going to go right to the phones. We've got Ruth in Whitby. Hi, Ruth.
4: Hi. Hi to both of you. Hi. My question, well, sort of my question is, I had uh, my thyroid gland removed about 40 years ago, and since then, of course, I've been taking uh, some kind of a supplement. This time, I'm taking Synthroid, and uh, no one ever told me that I should be wary of um, what I should take when, after. I I take my uh, Synthroid first thing in the morning to make sure I've got it done. And then I do take uh, a number of uh, vitamins, but uh, an hour or so later.
2: Um, you, this is a really good question and a common uh, thing that we see in practice. The fact that you're taking it an hour later, it's it's okay. I mean, you're separating it by enough time. Generally, that's what I'll tell patients to do. The uh-huh. reality is thyroid hormone binds to everything. It's one of those. Uh, you know medications that's very sticky and when it does bind in your stomach to a vitamin mineral uh, anything like that its absorption will be reduced so uh, in order to get the maximum absorption of the thyroid hormone we, we recommend separating and it seems like you're separating it. an hour is enough just don't take it together. The other thing is they're tapering your dose uh, uh, based on blood levels with with thyroid hormone. So as long as you don't make any abrupt changes, they probably compensated for that. So if you've been taking it a certain way for a long period of time, just keep taking it the way you're taking it. That will manifest in your blood levels, and the doctor would have already adjusted the dose. So I think you're okay either way. But for any new patients starting on thyroid hormone, please don't take it with multivitamins or minerals. Try to separate it.
4: Okay. Now uh, you mentioned. I heard you mention uh, about taking vitamin C. Um, I'm. I've always been of the belief that vitamin C does counteract colds, and it seems to work for me. So when I start feeling as if I'm getting a cold or sore throat, uh, normally I take uh, one 500 mil, 500 whatever it is units of vitamin C each day. And then when I see the onset or feel the onset of a sore throat or, or cold, I increase it to twice that, and then uh, when it's, when my um, symptoms diminish, then I taper off back down to the 500.
2: Hey, listen, if that's working for you, you keep doing it. I mean, there was this belief uh, that vitamin C did help against a common cold. We think now that you would have to take very, very high doses. But, you know, you Higher gotta, than that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I think based on the evidence, they say like six grams a day or something, which I don't recommend anyone take that much. It would create quite an uh, acidic environment. But, hey, uh, you know, if it's working for you, uh, Ruth, keep taking it that way. Um, there's nothing wrong with it. A little bit of vitamin C, we think, uh, has good antioxidant properties as well. So uh, you keep doing what you're doing, and uh, uh, I don't see anything wrong with that.
4: Okay, Ruth, thanks for your call. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for your help. No problem. Bye-bye. Bye.
1: Okay. Interesting. Uh, possibly the placebo, placebo effect, effect there. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's go to Sid in Port Hope. Hi, Sid. Hi. How are you doing? Fine. How are you? Okay. I just have one um, uh, one question. It's
5: not about supplements. It's about medications. Um, sure. I am on some heart medications. I uh, had a, 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 a mechanical heart valve in uh, about 25 years ago, okay. the mitral valve. But that's not the problem. I, I am taking Coumadin for that purpose. However, I do have psoriasis, and I take psoriatine uh, every so often. And when I do, my blood seems to thin right out, and I ask the pharmacist, and they have no answer for, them for why, why, why it's happening. But every time I take the psoriatine, my blood gets thinner. I should be between two and a half and three and a half, but it can jump up as high as 5 or 6.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And you have to be very careful. That was the first thing I was going to ask you. So we know... For those listening, warfarin is a blood thinner. It thins out your blood, and we have to keep it into a, in a very specific therapeutic range. It's very. Coumadin sus-
1: and warfarin are the same, same thing, thing. Same okay. thing.
2: Yes, and uh, it's very very susceptible to drug interactions. In many cases, we understand the mechanism of the interaction. Sometimes we don't. Uh, in in your situation here, you're definitely experiencing a drug interaction, probably inhibiting the clearance of. Uh, of the warfarin or the coumadin, which is amplifying its effect. So, a um, couple of things you can do uh, if you find the is working for you, uh, we, we won't, may want to proactively reduce the dose a little bit when you go on the psoralidine. If uh, you don't want to do that, uh, maybe we use something else for the psoriasis. But that. That interaction is going to continue to happen, and what I'm worried about is you could predispose yourself for a bleed. Eh? How high is your INR getting when you're, when you're on uh, both medications? It's been as high
5: as, sub- as oh, high yeah, yeah. something. Oh, yeah. you, you got to be, you say, gotta be you know, careful. As soon as the doctor gets it, he calls me right away. And I, I stopped taking it for a couple days.
2: Yeah. Uh, I worry when it gets that high because you're at risk for bleeding, right? And, and we yeah. could have anything from a minor bleed to a much more major ble- bleed, like, uh, you know, uh, heaven forbid a uh, you know a hemorrhage in the brain or something like that. So you have to be very very careful while you're on warfarin. Um, I, my my advice would be let's start looking at some other agents for the psoriasis if you're seeing this consistently well, happening.
5: It works for me. I've had it now for. Uh Oh, about 25 years. I've been, I've been taking, uh, or maybe even 40 years, I've been taking the psoriatine
2: before I even had the heart problem. So maybe what we do then is talk to your doctor, because I don't have access to all your labs, but maybe we uh, hold a dose or two of the warfarin before you start the psoriatine. Well, that's Just- what I find. As soon as I start the psoriatine... I take a blood test right away. Yeah, so if you do that, then you're okay. But you may just want to be proactive and hold one or two doses. That should be okay. But because you have a mechanical valve, we can't mess around with the the anticoagulant too much either. So we have to be careful that you're always anticoagulated. So loop in your doctor, but I think that strategy should work also.
5: Yeah, but you know when I speak to the pharmacist, or, they say they say there's no interaction between the two, and it should be okay. But I know it isn't.
2: Yeah, no, you know from from practice, right? It, it's not, and uh, there right. may be not a well documented interaction, but uh, clinically you're experiencing it. And I've I've known from practice that it doesn't always have to be documented to have an interaction. And a warfarin is a very very finicky medication.
1: Okay, Sid. Thanks for your call. Bye bye. Okay, Margaret in Kitchener. Hi, Margaret.
4: Hi. Uh, just a comment, um, somebody
1: told me that uh, they, they take the thyroid pill any time they want, but they don't swallow it. They put it under their tongue and let it dissolve. And they believe that uh, that way you can take it any time. I'm not sure. I, this, this is just what I've heard.
2: No, yeah, I think uh, let's not do that. I, I haven't heard of anyone uh, using thyroid medication sublingually. What's probably happening is the tablet is dissolving sublingually, but it's not getting absorbed that way. It's pro- you're still probably swallowing it, right? Um, there are medications that do get absorbed sublingually, and they get absorbed quite quickly. I've never heard of that with thyroid medication.
1: Well, uh, it's a smart person that I that I know yeah. I and mean, he doesn't swallow or anything while it's under his tongue. Well, well, he, well he might the be going somewhere. <laughs> he's uh, he's a smart person but uh John is uh smarter when it comes to drugs so. Yeah, I mean you may get some
2: absorption sublingually, it's it's not something that we commonly do with thyroid medications. Yeah, if it, it was, we would have made it.
1: I would just like to hear if Yeah,
2: to me. Yeah, I would say just Take it orally the way it's supposed to be taken. Try to separate it from your multivitamins if you can. Okey-doke. But you should be okay. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I, sometimes people come up with things on their own. you got to wonder.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I've heard some crazy things in the pharmacy. One time I, I heard a guy tell me he, he was told if he... Crushed his osteoporosis medications and snorted it. It would help with his <laughs> asthma. So, <laughs>
0: what? You, yeah, you
2: hear, you hear crazy things like that. And I'm like, who told you that? Oh, it was my neighbor. Don't do that. <laughs> your, your neighbor's trying to kill you, right?
1: But... <laughs> <laughs> done, so just, that's just too, too much. We do have a, a few minutes left. I'm going to give the numbers out again 416 360 0740. Toll free 1 866. 744 740. For 740. And, and if your neighbor's been telling you crazy things about your medication, you may want to run it by John, who is here and, and does have the real information. Um, you know, I, I still, again, I find it really incredible that, you know, when it comes to drugs and vitamins and supplements, people. Often, like they just get things in their head,
2: yeah, and I think there has been a, a movement in, in pharmacy and in the medical community to start regulating these herbal homeopathic products a little bit more because they come to market in many cases, the claims are exaggerated, and the reality is that you know you 're probably not getting a huge benefit, but they can be very expensive as well. Some of these products are not cheap, so you know, loop in your pharmacist, ask the right questions, and see if you really see, need something before you buy it.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, a lot of people think that certain of those products are completely useless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there are. There are a lot.
2: Like, I mean, you see these massive dose vitamins and stuff. We know if you take too much of, you know, water-soluble vitamins, like the B-complexes and stuff like that, you just end up peeing them out, right? So they're not having a benefit anyway. So find out what the right dose is, talk to your pharmacist, and we'll get you on the right therapy.
1: Okay, uh, let's go to Joan in Milton. Hi, Joan. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you?
4: Good. Thank you. Um, I have a quick question. I have just started taking, um, uh, it's a supplement of chondroitin, yeah. glucosamine, and MSM. Mm-hmm. And it's I have osteoarthritis in my feet.
1: Yep. Yeah.
4: And I'm also taking... Um, Um, The prescription drugs that I'm on, um, Arthrotec for the arthritis, a stomach, pantoproso for my stomach, and uh, cholesterol.
2: Good. Okay, so that's a you know a common uh, regimen for osteoarthritis. There, there is some evidence that glucosamine helps with mild to moderate osteoarthritis. So not a bad idea to take it. Once it gets more severe, we know that glucosamine doesn't help so so much. My concern uh-huh. is more with the chondroitin. This was an idea, you know, going back about five, six, seven years that chondroitin was a, a great drug. Now we know it's such a large molecule, it's not getting absorbed very well. So it doesn't hurt that it's in, your, it's in your complex there. If you want to save some money, I'd probably tell you just buy the glucosamine on its own. It's probably going to have the same effect. Uh, it's the glucosamine that's being active. But it absolutely uh, can help, and I think uh, uh, it may work well in conjunction with your anti-inflammatory there that you're taking. I,
1: I have a question about sure. that. So I thought that with glucosamine, you have to take it for how long, like a month or two or three yes. before you can see if it even works for you.
2: Absolutely. So so glucosamine is not a pain reliever, right? The idea behind glucosamine is it's trying to fix your, your, your joint matrix, rebuild that matrix, and get, uh, get it working back to you know how it was before. That can't happen overnight. So you have to take it regularly, and you have to give it some time to work. Your anti-inflammatory medication is there for the more acute pain symptoms, and that should work a little bit quicker, reducing the inflammation.
1: But it may not
2: work for you. It may not. And and we know osteoarthritis is not an easy condition to treat, especially as it gets more severe. The pain can be uh, challenging to manage. Um, but hopefully we get you on a right kind of regimen there and it works.
1: Okay, here's 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 my advice for for arthritis,
4: exercise. Exercise,
2: still the best thing. Build those muscles around the joints, the pain will get way less.
4: It's hard on my feet, though. When I'm on my yeah. feet all the yeah. time, it's very painful. Yeah.
2: Absolutely, yeah. No, but uh, Libby's very right. Exercise is still the best thing you could do.
1: Okay. okay, thanks. All right, thank you. Okay, we're going to try to fit one in. Mm-hmm. Hal, this has to be really quick. Hi. Yeah, just a
5: quick uh, question. Um, What's your take on
2: statins for uh, Uh, 80-year-olds? Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, statins, still you're right. There is a question, should an 80-year-old be on a statin? I think yes, because we know statins, beyond just lowering cholesterol, they stabilize the thrombus, so they prevent that clot from breaking off. Uh, You should still be on the statin, especially if you're at risk, uh, even if you're 80.
1: Okay, and that is all the time we have for today. Thank you so much to John Papasturgio, our trusted contributor from the Ontario Pharmacists Association.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio.